for one week, let alone two weeks. <laughs> some of y'all are like, get out of my kitchen already. I haven't even started, okay? But I promise you, how many know that there is, there is an act of defiance that I think comes so natural to us? That when somebody says, hey, look, let's talk about the things that keep you from being who you want to be, there is a natural guard, a natural wall that goes up. Ah, don't, 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 uh, don't talk about my, my faults. Don't talk about my struggles. You know, don't, don't, don't judge me. And, and I think that there's a, a challenge inside of us that if we really want to be who God wants us to be, if we want to be the church that God wants us to be, if we want to be the individual believer that God wants us to be, then we have to be willing and open to God to say, all is bare, all is open for you to do, and all is open for you to speak to me. And not all habits necessarily have to go. Sometimes it's just a tweak. And so I, wanna, I want us to look at, this week we're going to talk about bad habits. Next week we're going to talk about good habits. Okay? So this week, you may t- you know, just curl your toes in a little bit if you don't want them stepped on too hard. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about some of the bad habits and what God wants to do with them. Because it's not good enough to just say, well, you got bad habits. We got to say, what do we, what do, how, do we, how do we change those? How do, we, how do we get closer to God and make those tweaks? Now, here's what I want you to understand. What we're not talking about is behavior modification by itself. I think some, so many times in church, we think that we're talking about just making you look different on the outside. Behavior modification is good. It's part of it. But true uh, habit changing is spiritual transformation. It's that something is going on in the inside that changes us on the outside. God always works the inside first and the outside secondary. And so so spiritual transformation is what God is doing on the inside that changes the outward behavioral modification in our lives. It's about your identity over what you do. Who are you? Right? The age-old question, who am I? And the sad part is, is that, you know, we, we, we get told, oh, you, by, by mid-20s, you should kind of have this wrapped up. You know, some of you mid-20s in the room are going, um, oh, behind the times. Listen, I know people that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s that are still going, I don't, I don't know who I am. Well, how, do, how do I know? I feel like I'm constantly changing to fit what group I'm in or, or where I'm at or how do I know who I am? And that's, that's because we are so behavior modification heavy and not spiritual transformation heavy. That when I go and hang out with this group of friends, I'm this way and I'm this person. And, and when I go to church, I'm this person. And, and, and when I go to my family, I've definitely got to be a different person because they can't see me in my full glory because I don't need mom or dad to slap me upside my head, Right? And so we have behavior modification, and what it does is it makes us all feel like we're bipolar. Like we've got multiple different personalities, and they're all fighting to get out at the same time. And the reality is, is that's because we haven't narrowed down who we are, and so we're constantly trying to be who everybody else wants us to be in whatever group we're going to be in. And Christ says, listen, I've come to change you from the inside out so that you know who you are, whether you're with your friends or with your family or at work, that you'll be the same person there. I want you to hear this, and it may sound a little odd, but hope alone won't change your life. Habits will. 
Hope alone will not change your life. I hope I will be a better person. I hope that I could stop eating the whole thing of Bluebell ice cream. I mean, it's just a hope. Don't amen that. It's not a goal in my life yet. Right? But listen, I hope, this is a big hope always in my life because I start and then I stop and start and I stop. I hope to get in shape. And it's, and it's constant in my life. I've gotten in shape, and then I've gotten out of shape, and I've gotten in shape, and I've gotten out of shape. It's just, and then I just go, well, I hope one day that I'll be okay with it. <laughs> I hope. I, I hope that I, listen, you know, those that, are, that go through college or go through school, I hope I can get good grades. The funniest prayer request I've ever gotten as a youth pastor. Pastor, I've got a test coming up. Pastor Scott, will you pray for me? Will you pray that I get a good test, a good grade on my test? Did you study? No, then you're not going to get a good grade. You can hope all you want, and Jesus could be your, take the will and everything, but you're, listen, you're going to get a bad grade. Unless you're like a savant, you know, and you've read the page one time. And I feel like, you know, Blake's here. Uh, I've talked with Blake a lot during his studies uh, as he's uh, on his journey to be uh, like master nurse. And, um, and he'll, he, he, if you don't know Blake, he, he, he definitely puts a lot of weight on himself to, to be like the best. And he's scared that he's going to fail like everything. I don't, I don't, and, and, and he'll be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then he gets like a 98.9 on his test. He can't, he'll come over sometimes when we're having stuff and he'll bring this like massive book. I get nervous just looking at the books. I'm like, oh, I'm sweaty now. Like, what is this thing? And he'll open it up and he'll say that, so say that word. I'm like, listen, I can't say milk, obviously. How am I going to say that word, okay? <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, it's, it's this idea, though, that, man, I, I, would, I hope I can pass, but here's the thing. If you don't put in the work, if you don't have the habits, you'll never see the rewards. The, the hope alone is good. It, it, it drives, hope should drive you to a good habit. But hope alone doesn't provide the reward that we want to see in our lives with the things. If, if all Blake did was carry a book around and then get to his test and go, but, but I've carried the book and I've gone to the class, but I haven't studied. Yeah, studying through osmosis. He lays down and he closes his eyes and he puts the book on his head. Hope alone is not going to get him the grade that he wants so that he could get the job he wants. See, in order to, to get the reward, the hope drives the habit. You know that uh, over 40% of the actions you do daily are not the results of decisions, but the results of habits? They're habits. Think, think about it. When you wake up, do you have to think about your next step? Nope. Most of us know exactly where we're going, straight to the bathroom, right? Going straight to the bathroom. This, why? You don't get up and go, hmm, what do I do now? Your body's already telling you, hey, dummy, your eyes are awake. Your bladder needs to empty. So we go to the bathroom. Now, from that point on, everybody's habit may be different, but we all have a habit, okay? Whether it's get dressed whether it's, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're an every morning shower person, or maybe before you do anything, you got to have coffee because even the shower won't be a good experience unless you've got caffeine in you, okay? Like you're, you're, you're cursing the water that's falling, little stupid water. Like you need your caffeine in you. We all have habits. Any, listen, how many of you have gotten in your car and then arrived somewhere and went, I don't even remember driving here? Scary. 
right? I know my, my, my habit every morning, I get ready, I, I get in my car, I back out, I make a left, I make a left, I drive down, I turn around, I make a right, I make a left, I back in. I could probably do that with my eyes closed. And half the time you go like, oh, how did I get here? Did it, hopefully it didn't run anybody off the road. It, your brain just goes into autopilot. Why? Did you have to make a decision? No. Your body's like, I've done this every day. I know what I'm doing. 40% of our life is not even about making a decision. It's just doing the result of a habit. We eat the same thing. You meal planners, right? Cook the same thing. Make it, pack it, get it out, rewarm it, eat it. Like you don't even have to think about it. It just is. It's part of your life. You go to the grocery store the same day. Some of you are, are the same day shoppers. Some of you, because of technology, you don't even have to go. It's like not even the same. It doesn't matter. You don't go anywhere. You just online shop, and it just either you wait in your car, and they bring it to you. You know, you, you introverts that hey, Walmart. I'm like, please, just open my trunk and put the stuff in. Don't even say hi to me. Just, I've already paid for it. Go away. And, and, and we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. Over 40% of our life is habits. So we wonder why our life has turned a certain way or gone a certain way. It's because of the habits in our life. Listen, nobody plans on messing up their life, do they? No, no 12-year-old wakes up one day and says, you know, I really hope that I wreck my life. I hope I become addicted to drugs or alcohol. Oh, you know what? I, you know what? I really hope that, that I get into some really bad relationships. <laughs> I, man, you know, what, you know what would be really great? I want to get a really good job and then like not know how to spend my money and just blow everything and still be broke. Like nobody wakes up and does that. But what happens is, is that we get into habits or we've never learned good habits. And so things harm us. Nobody plans on messing up. But how do we do it? It's one bad decision, one wrong step, one harmful habit at a time. One bad decision, one wrong step, one harmful habit at a time. You don't mess up your life all at once. You don't just fall, you know, just all at once. Most people that, that, uh, that, that fall into to sin or fall into depression or fall into hurt or fall into pain or bad relationships, people that their lives come crumbling, it normally is not a, oh my gosh, this one thing did it. It is a one step, one step. They allow this, they allow that, they allow a hurt, they allow somebody to decide who they are. They allow pain, they cause pain. It's one bad decision, one wrong step, one harmful habit at a time. How does someone with so much potential become so broken? You're like, well, who are you talking about? Maybe I'm talking about you. But did you know the Bible is full of people that have that same description as well? There's a guy in the Bible that had really long hair like Fabio. He was born that way, and, he, and, and it gave him strength, and he was pretty arrogant about it, and women were his downfall, and he thought that he was more uh, powerful than the women that he was around, and so he became arrogant and prideful, and, and he allowed a woman to know what was his strength, and it ended up causing him to go blind, and killing him. Who am I talking about? Samson, right? One bad decision, full of potential. 
He was born with a, with a purpose from God, a strength that owned, like, superhuman strength. Like, he was Iron Man. He was Thor, you know? It said that he caught 300 foxes and tied them up, their tails up and lit, uh, lit, lit them on fire and, and, you know, killed the Philistines with it. That he got in a fight one day and, and he picked up the jawbone of a donkey and killed 1,000 men. I am Sparta. Like, that is like, listen, if you don't think the Bible has really cool stories... Like, you, you aren't reading it right. And, and so what happens, though, is let me, let me take you to Samson's demise, right? One bad decision, one wrong step, one bad habit at a time. You know, the Samson's wasn't just overnight. He didn't make one bad decision overnight. Matter of fact, I would say that his was more than just one step. It was 56,250. Like, that's pretty specific, how do I know that? Well, let's look at Judges 16.1. It says this. One day, one day, Samson decided to make a mistake. One day, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Sounds like a pretty bad day. Why would he make that decision? Now, I would encourage you, if you really wanted to know, read the few chapters beforehand when Samson is born and, and, and God puts his promise over his life, and he is arrogant from the get-go. He really is. And women are his downfall because God, God promises him a, a certain life, and, and he has to live a certain lifestyle, and he tells his mom and dad one day, he sees a, a Philistine girl, and he goes, I want her. And his mom and dad's response is, why, why would you want somebody from the enemy's camp? Why would you not want somebody who has the same beliefs as you, the same structure as you, the same lifestyle as you? And he goes, mm, she's pretty. I want her. Read the Bible. That's really what he says. He goes, mm, nah, I want her. He goes, make it. He tells his dad, make it happen. Because back in then, those days, you know, you give two goats and a, and a cow and you can get a wife. And, uh, and so, so his, his, his parents set it up. And they end up not getting married because she also tries to trick Samson. And so he goes away. Now, listen, this is why you go, well, how do you know it's 26,000 or 56,250 steps that caused Samson's demise? Because it was 25 miles from Zora, which was Samson's hometown, to Gaza. It wasn't like he just woke up one day in Gaza and said, you know what? I'm sad. I'm hurt. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. And so, oh, look, a pretty girl who just happens to take money for the exchange of uh, things. And, and, so, and so I'm just going to go and I'm going to lay with a prostitute. No, he had to get up, not just get in a car, drive 25 minutes down the road. He had to make the decision step by step by step by step for 25 miles. He was going to go to the enemy's town, Gaza, and do something against his standards. He had 56,249 steps to make a different decision. So many times in our life, we get into one step that's a wrong step, and then we, it's, it's just that spiral. How many know what I'm talking about? You're like, I want to stop. I want to stop, but I, I just keep walking in the wrong direction. Today, I want to give you some helpful advice on how, like Samson, to stop walking in the directions that are leading towards death, leading towards bad decisions, leading towards bad habits, and make a change in our lives. Nobody plans for the bad moments of life but they happen all the time. I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask it a couple of times. Based on who you want to become, 
What one habit do you need to break? I want you to think about that. Because there's two questions there. First of all, do you know who you want to become? Who do you want to become? And I'm not talking about what job do you want to do. I'm not talking about what kind of uh, relationships do you want to be in. I'm not talking about what kind of parent you want to be. I'm saying, who do you want to be? At the end of the day, what is your identity? And with that in mind, what one bad habit can you start to change? Because here's the thing. If I, if I, if I said what habits, y'all are like, oh, I'm out. That's way too many options. Right? Because, I mean, listen, I understand. I, I could probably write down three or four really bad habits that I have in my life. Procrastination. Right? Day off laziness. Uh, see, you, you see, a lot of y'all think, like, I'm going to go straight to, like, you know, oh, alcoholic, you know. Like, yeah, th- those are there. Drug addict, yeah, those are there. Those are bad habits. Eating disorders, those are bad habits that our minds then create as our identity. But it could be as simple as you may be a good person that's trying to get close to Jesus, but man, you just procrastinate. And so therefore, your relationship never gets stronger. So therefore, you never become the person that God has called you to be, which means you never step into the gifts that God has for you. And so therefore, you live a blasé life and you get to the end of your life and you go, man, I could have had such a more powerful life. I could have made such a difference in people's life. I could have, but I didn't because I had the spirit of laziness and I didn't want to change that habit. One habit. Like I said, tuck your toes in. What's one habit that you could break right now, that you could start to change right now to become the person that you want to be? James 1.21. I'm going to read this out of the Good News Translation. Um, it says this. So get rid of every filthy habit. Listen, if that's not more direct than you could ever get from the Bible. <laughs> so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God Accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. Woo. Get rid of it. If it's not godly, get rid of it. Now, is it, is that, is it that easy? No. That's, the Bible says that sin entraps us, right? It makes us feel like there's no way out. Struggles happen. Our mind gets changed, right? Uh, how, we, how we see things, how we think things, they change. Our neuroscience of how our brain operates when we've been in something long enough tells us that there's no way out. And so we have to rewire our spirit. We have to rewire our brain and we have to force our life to do things, right? When you first start to work out, if you've ever been in that uh, stage of your life where you get back into it, it's no, listen, no, it's not fun. I, I beg to differ from those that like it. And especially when you first start, it is a drudgery. It is, listen, your body's in pain all the time. You always have to figure out a, a, where, when am I going to, my life is already, how many say their life is already busy enough? How am I, how am I going to fit in working out? That's my, my biggest excuse. And it is, it's, it's an excuse. God, I mean, you really want me to get up at five o'clock in the morning? He's like, do you really want to live longer? I'm like, eh. Some days, <laughs> maybe, you know, it, it's, it's this idea that we give the excuses and they are to continue on doing what we want because it's hard to change. So get rid of every filthy habit and submit to God. Get rid of every filthy habit, then submit to God. 
I, listen, I can, the, the, the gospel in the, in the Bible is so simple. It's like we make it way harder than it has to be. Get rid of, then fill with. If all you do is get rid of, then you're going to fill your life with things that just, you're going you're, you're to go from one bad mistake to the other. But when you uh, get rid of, you submit to God and his word. I've got two thoughts today. The first one is this. You cannot defeat what you do not define. Say that again. You cannot defeat what you do not define. I don't have a problem, Pastor. Well, if you're not willing to define it, you'll never defeat it. You know, the, the, the joke that, that uh, <laughs> addicts say, well, you know, the first step is admitting that you have a problem, and I don't have a problem. Well, you'll never defeat what you, do, what you don't define. I don't have a pride issue. Okay, you'll never defeat what you don't define. I, 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 don't, I don't have a screen issue. Okay, you'll never defeat what you don't define. It's not my job to define it. Oh, Junior has this problem. Oh, he needs to look into his life. No, listen, my job is not to define your issues. It's not. Well, pastor, you're my spiritual leader. No, 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 no. Do not put that weight on me, okay? I am not the third wheel in your relationship with Jesus, Okay, I'm not. That's a, that is between you and God, and I'm not here to define. I may walk with you once you define it, but I am not going to define your issues. Pastor, I've got this, this issue. Okay, let's let, invite me in. Let's talk. But I'm not going to go around and go, well, you've you got this issue. You need to figure it out, okay? Why? Because if you don't define it, you're not going to be willing to fight for it. And so you've got to define what you want to defeat. And you can't beat an enemy you haven't identified. It's like shadow boxing. Oh, it looks good. Look what kind of Christian I am. Okay, weirdo. But then you get in the ring and you get your butt handed because you haven't really fought anybody and you haven't defined it. You're hitting the referee because you don't even know who you're fighting. And in life, instead of defining an enemy, we attack other people instead of attacking the things inside of us. And so we're fighting all the things that don't even matter because we're not willing to define our battles and our enemy. And so many times we make bad habits our identity instead of identifying them and defeating them. Well, Pastor, I'm just an angry person. Somebody find a scripture where it says you can be an angry person. Show me. Matter of fact, when you look at uh, scriptures where it talks about anger, there's a scripture in the Bible that says uh, you can be angry and sin not. That doesn't mean that you're an angry person. It means that you have learned how to deal with your anger from a spiritual perspective. Pastor, I'm just a, I'm just a, a depressed person. Really? Show me the spirit of depression, that, that, that being a gift that the Holy Spirit gives you. Now, is it easy to overcome it? No, but if you don't define it, you will never defeat it. Well, you know, I'm just born that way. Lies. Lies. We have taken the lies of the enemy on as our identity instead of identifying them and defeating them. And then we wonder why God isn't moving in our lives. Or God isn't moving in our churches. Or God isn't moving in our marriages. Or God isn't moving in our relationships. It's because instead of defining them as our enemy, we are taking them as, as our identity and our best friend. And we're coddling our sweet little sin. Oh, pastor, it's not sin. It's who I am. 
And if you can show me scripture that shows where that, per- that, that personality or that characteristic or that, or that spirit is allowed in your life as a godly person, then sweet, awesome, run with it. But most of the times, the things that are bad habits that we identify as just us, it's only because we're afraid to, to defeat it because it's been a part of us for so long. Pastor, I'm hurt, and, and if, I, if I deal with that hurt, who knows? Who, I may become a mess. Okay, well, become a mess. Become a mess. I would rather you identify your enemy and walk through a season of your life where you are a flat-out mess trying to figure it out with Jesus than to just go along in life and go, well, this is just who I am. This is just who I will always be, and I'll just take my sin, and I'll just live my life just bummed out because it's easier to just become who I am than to identify my enemy and attack it. Let me give you some really alarming statistics about one enemy that all of us probably have. Your screen. Oh, you're one of those pastors. Screens are the devil. No, <laughs> but they are. <laughs> they are in so many of our lives because we, we have not learned how to master them. They've mastered us. What do I mean by that? You know, I was reading um, the average hours that the average American spends on their phone. Now, be, listen, before y'all get up in a tizzy and get your walls to fence and, oh, Pastor, that ain't me. It may be more for you, okay? The average American spends seven hours and four minutes on their phone every day. Not phone, screens. Screens. Seven hours and four minutes. What does that look like? In the course of a year, that's 2,555 hours. Let's just say that you live 60 years with screens because all of us now live with screens. So let's just say an average person lives 60 years with screens. That's 153,300 hours. You divide that up by 24 hours in a day, that's 6,387 and a half days, which comes out to 17 and a half years on a screen. Pastor, I don't have time to become the person God has called me to be. Pastor, I don't have time to work on myself spiritually. Pastor, I don't have time to serve in the church. Pastor, I don't have time to get in community. 17 and a half years. I'm not talking like a couple of days. I'm not talking about a few. I'm talking about we will spend 17 and a half years with our eyes on a screen. And the enemy allows us to buy the excuse that we don't have time. It's a lie. Why? Because if I can get you to believe, man, I may not get Junior to be able to become uh, a, a raging lunatic, but if I can get him complacent in life, just, just, just take your pacifier and look at it. Don't ever become the person God has called you to be. Like I said, tuck your toes. Because one of the things this year that I don't want is I don't want a church that just, oh, Jesus, we have a good social club, Yay. And if I'm not growing you, then I'm not doing my job as your leader. In order to fill you with God's purpose and God's presence in your life and God's passion and, and, and goals in your life, then sometimes we got to get things out. 
We got we to work things out before we can fill things in. And so we've got to work on these bad habits. And, and man, listen, listen, I'm guilty of the scream. Every Sunday, we get, if you have an iPhone, you get the little ding. Ding, you are up 15%. Mine was down 16% this morning, by the way. I was so happy. I still don't know what that, I think it was still like six hours. Just on a phone. That's not including the times where I'm sitting in front of a TV or a laptop or a computer screen. And some of it is necessary. You gotta study, you gotta, you gotta, you've gotta spend time, your text message, listen, enjoy life. It's okay to enjoy life and sit down and watch a Netflix show. But seven hours, 17 and a half years wasted in front of a screen, that should blow your mind and go, I'm not gonna be that statistic because I wanna live my life. I don't wanna watch it pass me by. I think one of the things that he's got, the enemy's got on the younger generation is they literally watch other people live their lives. I tell my kids all the time, will you stop watching YouTube on my TV and watching other people live their life? That, 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 that we, we sit there and I'm just, I'm, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, it doesn't matter. We're just, we, we just scroll, 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 scroll. We don't even know half the time what we're watching. We're just, I just watch thumbs. Go to any high school when there's downtime. Like, you don't even know what you're watching. You don't even give it time. Because we're just, we just want to see other people live their life. And inside, we want to live that life, but man, oh, I can't. I can't live that life. So I'll just watch other people live. You may not become addicted to a lot of bad things, but you'll, you'll, you'll be addicted to the fact that you could never be the person God has designed you to be. Am I passionate about it? Oh, yeah. If more than one person has raised an awareness to something in your life, it would be wise to pay attention to it. I had multiple people when I was a teenager say, hey, bud, you got a pride issue. Pride would tell me, no, you don't. <laughs> so I tell them, I don't have a pride issue. It's like red flag, right? Red flag. I had, and listen, it wasn't just some random person that was in church like, oh, that guy's kind of arrogant. No, it was like people that were really close to me. My pastor and, and, and leaders in the church that, would, that knew me. And they'd be like, man, you're, you're a little prideful. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. And it took me years because instead of identifying my enemy, I just allowed it to become my identity. And I tell you, the longer you allow it to become your identity, the harder it is to work out. If somebody's coming to you and saying, hey, man, I'm checking you. I'm just, I'm just speaking into your life. It looks like you're struggling with this. Maybe your ears, your spiritual ears should perk up and say, maybe this is something I need to deal with. So why are good habits really difficult to start and why are bad habits really difficult to break? I'm gonna give you these two things. Good habits are difficult to start because the pain is now and the payoff comes later. Good habits are hard to start because the pain is now and the payoff is later. The, the scale is your worst enemy when you start trying to lose weight <laughs> because you like you do one thing and then you run to the scale and you're like, I gained a pound, what the crap? <laughs> All I've been eating is like healthy grass stuff. Yeah, because your body's going into freak out mode and it's storing every little fat molecule it can. 
And so we give up, right? We give up. We, oh, you know, it's been really hard this week. And, and it seems like I've really wanted to give up smoking. And so I tried and tried and tried. And it seems like everybody's on my freaking nerves. Yeah, that's how this works. And so what do we do? We just, ah, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. A for effort, I'm going back, I'm done. Because doing, creating good habits, the pain is now and the payoff comes later, right? I want to be a better steward of my finances. And then you pass the shop or you pass the, 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 the online shop and you're like, but that is really nice looking. I've got the money. I'll just buy it. And you ladies are probably saying, shut up and get, get on with this. Or guys, okay, listen, we did. I want to be a better financial person. I want to have a savings account. I want to be able to tie to the church, but I can't because I am so financially strapped to my enemy. Because it's hard to start good habits. Why are bad habits difficult to break? Because the payoff is now and the pain comes later, right? Because the, the, the half gallon of cookies and cream bluebell ice cream tastes amazing right now. Amazing. Anybody that wants to argue, you're sinners and you need to get right. It does. It tastes amazing. Except for when you try to go get in those shorts later. I'm trying to get vacation body ready. Woo. Can I tell you, clothes don't lie? No, I wish. I wish. There is nothing more debilitating than being a grown man trying to do the shimmy. <laughs> it can work. I know what, I know, listen, I know how to, to, to rectify that. I know how to make it better. But it's hard. Because every time I, I want to eat, I don't go towards grabbing a carrot. It's like, give me the Snickers bar. I don't grab the water because it tastes like nothing. I want the soda. And so bad habits give you the pleasure now. They give you the good stuff now. The payoff is now, and the pain comes later. So once again, based off of who you want to become, what's one bad habit you can break? I want to show you the habit cycle, and then I'm going to give you two steps that we can uh, work on, and we're, we're going to wrap this up. The habit cycle. Cue, craving, response, reward. Cue, craving, response, reward. We're going to talk, so cue is those things that, 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 that spark. I got I to gotta have this. I got to do that. I got to go there. Cue, craving. Now I need it. Response, I do it. Reward is either good or bad. Right? And so we have this, this habit cycle that everything, good and bad habits, are created in. So here's my two steps for helping you get rid of a bad habit. Ready? Remove the cue. Proverbs 4, 14 through 15 says this. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the ways of the evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Listen, I'm picking out scriptures that are so plain for us to hear today. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. When a bad habit is in your life, what do you need to do? Pet it, coddle it, give it a name. No. 
avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your way. I'm going to give you five common cues real quickly. Places, times, moods, moments, and peoples. As soon as I said that, some of you are like, you just defined every bad habit I ever had. Why? Because when I'm with these certain people, I do these certain things. When I get in this mood, I do this certain thing. Here, let me, let me hit you with one that I think is, is so prevalent to so many of us, and maybe it's more for guys than anything. When it gets late, I make these bad decisions. I'll tell you, computers are not allowed in private rooms in my house because I'm going to protect the integrity of every guy, and, and really, honestly, in this day and age, female as well, to keep purity as the goal in our lives because I know what happens on screens when your spirit is tired and it's late at night. Pastor, we can't talk about that in church. Well, if we don't, the world is. Did you know that, that most pastors fall because of pornography because they're, they, nobody's willing to talk about it in their marriage? And it eats away at them. So many pastors I know that have fallen and gotten into other sins because they were up late at night, their spirit has been fallen, they're depressed and hurt and lonely, and they allow something on a screen. That then turns into, sometimes it turns into, I'm going to DM them. See, not everything is pornography. Sometimes it's, it's Facebook chats with people you shouldn't be talking to late at night. So, sometimes it's just, I'm just looking, I'm a guy. Shut up. I don't know how much plainer I can be, guys. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I'm going to lose everybody in the church. Jesus, help me. If you're married or you're, you're, you're in a relationship, would you be okay with every other person Googling eyes that you're significant? No, you'd want to sock every person in their ever-loving face. And then as guys, we think it's okay. And it's not just guys, but let's just be real. We are more visual people. We are. Well, you know, it, it, if God didn't want me to look, she, he should have made her so pretty. Shut up. He gave you integrity. As men, we are the protectors, not just of our own, but of how everybody else sees that person. Somebody's daughter. We need to protect ourselves. And why? Because we haven't removed the cue from our life. And so when it's dark and it's tired and my spirit, because it never happens. Listen, you're not in church going, man, I should get on Facebook and DM this girl. I hope not anyways. <laughs> it's at night. 11 o'clock at night and you're, you're not tired. The enemy made sure of that. And you get on Facebook and that Russian bot gets on Facebook and, and friends you. And the rabbit hole is, listen, let's just, I'm going to be real, real. The rabbit hole isn't the Russian bot. The rabbit hole is what the Russian bot makes you go and Google. And here's the problem is that I've said it before, sin feels good, but the problem is the right after makes you feel real miserable. 
And if you remove the cue, if you don't remove the cue, you'll never remove bad habits. Keep going to the places that you have bad habits, you'll continue bad habits. Hang out with the people that cause bad habits, you'll continue bad habits. If you don't remove the times, listen, sometimes you need to put the little sleepy time app on you, and then when it says go to bed, you go, yes, ma'am. Siri, I'm with you. Let's go to bed. Moments, moods, when I get angry, I have to. No, you don't. You choose to. You don't understand. No, you, listen, we all, have, we all have emotions, even guys. <laughs> when I get angry, I just have to say what I, I, I feel. No, you don't. You choose to. So work out the mood in a biblical way. So we've got to remove the cue. And those are five common cues that we need to look at in our life. The closer you are to someone, the more you will have similar habits. Look at what Proverbs 13, 20 says. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. I'm just leave that there. The, the last thing, we've got to remove the cue, then we've got to interrupt the action. If we remove the cue, now we've got to interrupt the action. In other words, we've got to change our response. You will always get what you've always got if, you've always, if you always do what you've always done. <laughs> this is not one of those friendly messages, but I hope it's life-changing for people. Anna, you can come up. You got to change your response. Man, pastor, I want to be a morning person. But I keep sleeping through my alarm. That's because the alarm is within arm's reach. And you hit the snooze. Well, yeah, but I've got like seven other alarms that are supposed to. No, move. Listen, here, listen to me. The problem is, is that there's simple answers to really bad habits, but they're hard. Move the alarm so that you have to get up. Listen, I had this night that some of y'all are like, freaking I'm done with this church, okay? I'd rather have a social club that tells me I'm a good person. Listen, move the alarm. I had this annoying, like, 1970s, like, I think everybody had this uh, clock at one time, and it was, like, handed down from my grandparents, and somehow it ended up in my room, and this thing, you know, the one that goes, ah, 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 ah. yeah, that guy, I had that guy, okay, guess what, I could still sleep through that guy if he was right next to me, why, because all I have to do is hit the snooze button, <laughs> you know, the most amazing thing I ever did was I moved that annoying alarm all the way across the room. But it got me up. Because once you're out of bed, you're not 90, 90% of the time, you're not going back to it. You hit the alarm and you move on. Ready to start my day. Most of the time. I struggle with what I watch on my phone. You want to hear the unpopular answer to that? get a dumb phone. My mom calls it a potato phone. If you follow her on Facebook, you know her, her whole life. She even said it yesterday. I got a potato phone. Y'all laughing because you know it's true. The Bible says this, that, that if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. <laughs> Please don't. What it's saying is this, if there's something in your life that causes you to stumble away from God's purpose and plan for your life, get rid of it. But pastor, 
I've got to have my emails at, the, at, the, at a touch of a button. I've got to, I've got to be able to be accessible. No, you, listen, just, your text messages still come through a dumb phone. Get a flip phone so that you are not at the a, a touch of a button able to see and do whatever you want. Maybe it's the, the, uh, the strategy for a season while God works things out. You got to put what tempts you far away from you. That's why alcoholics don't go to bars. Well, I just want to see how good of an alcoholic I am. No, they don't go to bars because they know that the moment they sit down, the bad habit will rise back up in them and the smell of alcohol will go, "Mm, I want that. They don't go there. We've We've got to put what tempts us far away from us. Pastor Craig Groeschelle said this. He said, why resist a temptation in the future if you have the power to eliminate it today? I'll just, I'll just deal with my temptations so that when they come that you just fall? Or do you eliminate them today and say, I'm not going to allow them in my life. I'm, I'm going to remove the cue and I'm going to interrupt the response. Asking for help is never a sign of weakness. If you need help, talk to somebody. Come talk to me. I don't care. I may not have the answers. I may be able to point you in the right direction. It's what community does. Asking for help is a sign of wisdom. The habits you have today will shape you becoming who you want to be tomorrow. You're going to hear this this week and you're going to hear this next week and it's it's something that I say quite often. I've actually said it multiple times in my messages. Sow a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. If you don't like where you're at, change it. Well, you make it sound so easy. No, it's not. It's really, really not easy. It's easy up here. It's so hard in our lives. Because we're going against everything that our mind, our neurosurgeon, our neuro thoughts have, have created. The little all the little thoughts that are going in our brain saying, good, feels good, feels good, feels good, feels good. And you have to rewire your thought process. The Bible says, take captive your thoughts, right? So that your thought changes so that your actions change. Remove the cue, change the action. I'm gonna put the question up that I've asked twice already one last time. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? I can't answer that for you. I cannot answer that for you. Only you can. Can I I encourage you? You're not supposed to answer that right now. I want you to go home and I want this to marinate. I want it to soak into your spirit. I want you you to, to be up tonight going, do I like the direction of my life? Are there habits that I can change? No, no, let's, let's change that. Let's not think of the whole list. Is there one habit that you can start changing today that will impact the rest of your life? I don't care if you're seven or 70, there's something that we can do that can directly impact our tomorrow and change our life. What is it? And then start to attack it. Stop allowing it to be your identity and start to define it and to defeat it. 
and know you're not alone. The community of faith is standing behind you, ready to champion it. Be willing to talk about it. One of mine that I'm going to work on is my phone. Ah, I just said it. I'm going to hold it. It's being held accountable. The other one is getting in shape, but listen, we'll just, we'll just call that what it is. It's a hope that hopefully turns into a habit. <laughs> I got to get vacation ready. I'll say this just because it came to my brain and we're going to end here. Because my wife says this is what I do. I don't like continually having to stay in shape. It's too much work. So what do I do? About nine weeks out from vacation, I start to think, what can I change now so that I look decent? Ones that think that. I don't want to look like a potato with a swim trunks on. So I do. I, I change my eating habits. I start to work out so that I at least feel comfortable in my own skin when I go on vacation. And then what happens? I eat myself silly on vacation. And when I come back, I don't, not, my, listen, I've been married for 20 years almost, okay? So I know she ain't leaving me because I look like a potato. My wife says, you get in this really bad habit of, of getting in shape. So we know we, we can. We know that, that you have the capability. We know that you have the discipline to. But then the moment that you've satisfied your desire, you just go back to your old habits. Man, if that don't define most of us. What's one thing that you can change, one bad habit that you can work on right now that can change your life? And let's start working on it together. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray right now for each and every one of us. Uh, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you start dropping that one thing. That one thing. Not the whole laundry list of things that we go, oh, I want to work on. That one thing that we can work on right now. And for every single one of us, it's going to look different. For some of us, it may be where we go. It may be some people. It may be a mood that we need to work on. Maybe it's, it's the time. Of, maybe, maybe it's the time of day. God, you, you want to work some habits out. God, you want to define the things that we need to defeat. And so, God, give us ears to hear your Holy Spirit. And when, it's, when he speaks to us, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, you need to stop holding on to this, that we would not run away. We would grow in our faith. We would take a step towards faith building. Living our spiritual journey, not just out in the hopes of something, but God, we're walking with you, the true and one and only God. So God, I speak faith, but I also speak action into the lives of those that are here this morning, that we would take a step in the right direction to what's one thing, one habit, one step that we can take to get rid of the things that are holding us back. I pray encouragement and purpose over our lives to become the people that you've called us to be and destined us to be and given us your identity. God, I thank you for those that are here. I thank you for the tithe that we take in every week. God, it helps to, to help the church function, not just lights on, but reaching people for the salvation of Christ. And so, God, I thank you for that. I pray, Jesus, that we continue to grow in that as well as grow in our faith because they are all one and the same. We love you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor. In your name we pray. Amen.